Um, I found the best story in hockey news this week. Which is? Actually, I'll wait to save this for the podcast. No, you can't podcast. say that. Ah. Yeah. Welcome to the Ice Garden. Vous the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. This. This. This is the Ice Garden. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis, here with your co-host, Michelle J. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm good. My voice is like, I don't know, going in and out. I basically feel like I have a, sounds like I have a frog in my throat, so like, if I keep having to clear my throat, I apologize. How That's are all, you, though? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little tired. HL All-Star was last week, so I'm trying to catch back up from California time, because it was in... Um, Ontario, California this year. So Did you just say Ontario, California? Yes. And that is most people's response when they're like, I thought Ontario was in Canada. Yes, there is an Ontario in Canada. There's also one in California. Don't ask me why. I don't know. That's so weird. I was very confused when I first started working there and they're like, yeah, it's in the Pacific Division. I'm like, Ontario's in the, like Canada. Why is it on the <laughs> West Coast? And then I was like, oh, there's another city called Ontario. Okay. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. It was very warm, though. So. Well, it's like Springfield is like the most popular city name in America. Right. Or the most common city name. Like, there's one in almost every state. Yeah, and that one I understand. Like, but Ontario, my only association with that is the Canadian yeah. province of Ontario. Unless you live in Ontario, California. I said just said California very weirdly. You did say Because <laughs> I almost said Canada, so I had to kind of like quickly rechange it. We yeah, just, that was awkward. Canada just needs to buy the city of Ontario in California to just make it like this little Canadian <laughs> island. Just a little enclave in Canada. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how you could combine California and Canada. It's like how in Italy, the Vatican City is like a whole other um, country. Mm-hmm. You like, don't have to like go through customs, but it's like a whole other country. That would be wild if you it's did have to go home, through customs. <laughs> right? Just to like walk across the street. Well, it's like, I know people that live on the border or uh, like, I know people whose families live on the border in like, um, in like uh, Washington and they like work in Canada. And have to cross the border every day for work. Oof. That would be tough. Yeah. But apparently you can get, like, an expedited entry and exit. Mm, that makes sense. Situation. Yeah. Um, do you want to hear my fun news story of the day, which I teased to you already? I really want to hear this because you mentioned it before we started recording. And then you were like, no, save it for the podcast. And now I really want to know what it is. So, on... Um, Wednesdays or Thursdays, I think I'm going to move it to Thursdays, I do like the wraparound, which is just like a collection of links from around the world of women's hockey that I think people should read. And sometimes I have a story of the week, though so far in the three times I've done it, I did not have a story of the week. week. (laughs) Um, I actually was just going to do a picture of the dog from the All-Star game this week until Mm. I read something interesting this morning that I just like popped up top and was like, read this. Anyway, so in my like feed of things that I look at came across this one the headline giant puck in roundabout in Cloton not illegal anymore (laughs) and I was like what the fuck what the puck oh what the puck ah (laughs) that's good thank you I'm mad I didn't use that now please continue because I'm now I'm what is the puck doing so There was a giant puck made up of 7,700 individual pucks installed for the 80th anniversary of EHC Cloton in 2014. Okay. It was just like put up there for this thing. Um, And at the end of September of 2019, the temporary permit from the building authority has expired. (laughs) So the building authorities of the canton of Zurich who saw, I'm pretty much just reading this, like, 
four word thing I found online about it. Who saw the logo on the puck as a big advertisement, which is not allowed in a roundabout. And the city council of Cloton, which saw the puck as a work of art, got into a big argument about it. Yikes. Right? So it's not illegal now? Did they change the law? Um, they basically, I think, just made it into, like, they decided it was a work of art instead of a giant advertisement. And so now it's allowed to be there. Wait, and what, what town is this in, or what city? Cloton in Zurich, which is Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and so now the building department is allowing it to stay there until the next maintenance work. This thing has been there since 2014. I feel like it just needs to live there now. Like, they can't take it down. It's I been know. there. That's been like six years now. According to this, it's become a landmark for the city. Yeah. A giant puck made out of over 7,000 pucks. I would yeah. hope it is. <laughs> I could not find a picture of it. I was just, oh, that's what I was going to ask. There's not a picture of this giant puck? Well, unless the, oh, wait, no. Okay. I'm Googling it. So what I did find, what I found was only what looked like one big puck, though I guess it is a bunch of little pucks if you zoom in. I'm going to need you to send me this photo because this is very important. Did they melt them together? I don't know. Because I can't see the individual pucks, but I'm not sure how that's constructed. Right? Okay, there's also a picture in there if you look at it. Um a Twitter picture where it looks like they took the advertisement off it at one point. Well, then it's just dumb. Yeah. It's just a big old black book. <laughs> it looks so um, bad. Because <laughs> the, the pucks that were behind the logo are darker than the ones that have been exposed to the sun. So it still yeah. looks like the logo is there, but it's just all black. <laughs> Uh, that's my fun news story from around hockey this week. I just, I don't know. I put it in the wraparound because I couldn't not, like. What are the odds that somebody's like, you know what this city needs? A giant puck in the middle of it. I know. Well, it was to celebrate an anniversary. Of what, though? The team. Oh, okay. That makes sense. In then. the city, I'm assuming. All right. Throughout, oh, I found another article about it. Throughout Switzerland, Cloton stands for two things. The International Airport and its ice hockey club. <laughs> yeah, so that's the fun stuff you find about things that are happening in other parts of the world that have nothing to do with women's hockey. <laughs> um, what are you drinking tonight, Michelle? Um, I'm just drinking water. I really, I got back to drinking alcohol and I didn't, I should have opened a can of wine but I didn't want a full can of wine because like I'm kind of tired you know it's a whole thing with mm -hmm. me so. Uh, so I'm drinking water plus my throat's not feeling so hot and like trying not to get sick fair anyway what are you drinking uh, I'm drinking the an apple cider liqueur mixed with um, actual apple cider and like a cinnamon spice tea bag hmm very good What's apple cinnamon wait what Apple. So it's apple. It's apple cider flavored liqueur, and then I mixed it with like regular. I always thought that was just a fancy way to say liquor. Maybe it is. I usually say liqueur. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's just I how I know. usually say it because it's spelled like L I Q U E R, so it feels like it needs a special pronunciation. Okay. Technically, liqueurs are liquor because they are distilled spirits. The general difference is that liqueurs are sweetened with various flavors, oils, or extracts, whereas liquors are just the, like, alcohol. Okay, well, then this is a liqueur because it's apple yeah. cider flavored something. I definitely thought that was just a fancy way of saying liquor, though, until just now. The more you know... It's very good. Very seasonally appropriate. It sounds really good. That sounds like that's probably the first thing that you drank that's not wine that I would be like, I would also drink that. <laughs> I could actually get a, a, um, a can of beer out of the fridge if I felt like it. Let's see if I can do it while I stay on with you. The real test of. I'll try. I, I don't, I haven't finished all of this, so I'll bring it to the end of All-Star Game when I come up. Mm. 
You can mm. try it there. Just don't really feel like drinking anything. Just so weird for me today. You don't have to. Weird day. I know. I just feel like I'm breaking the tradition of the of the episode even more than I have lately. I was, I'm like, there have been several episodes in a row where neither of us have had anything, either a anything to drink or b it's been like water. That's true. What I really should be having is tea. But mm, I yeah, I would agree with that. You're that trying not to get effort. sick. Anyway, who are you toasting this week? Oh, sorry. No, it's yeah. my bad. I just kind of like segued us right out. And no, I, was like... I yawned as soon as you answered. <laughs> you asked that question. I was like, oh dear. Um, so my toast this week is, it's kind of a toast, but it's kind of also more of a, a, a shout out. Um, there's a goalie who used to play for the University of North Dakota named Shelby Amsley Benzie. Um, she was a Patty Kaz nominee. She was one of the best goalies. She has some most if not all of the records in UND's history um, and she was involved in a bus accident last week when she was snow blowing uh, during a storm and so there is a GoFundMe set up to help support her recovery um, it's under hashtag Shelby Strong on GoFundMe um, and so I wanted to not toast her but like the hockey community send our toasty thoughts yeah and and hope that people will go and donate to help uh, her and her family um, during this difficult the, time. The GoFundMe is um, on the Ice Garden's Twitter mm-hmm. on Wednesday morning. Uh, Ga- Gabs Fundero uh, also tweeted about it, which is how I saw it. It's in the wraparound, too. Mm-hmm. It's at the bottom of the wraparound. So if you're looking for it, probably the easiest way is just go find the wraparound mm-hmm. from this week. As of this recording, uh, they have three thousand four hundred seventy-two dollars, and their goal is five thousand, which I think we could totally get to and surpass. Yes. Um. So that's my that's my toast for the week. What's yours? Um, my toast. Well, I just feel like a real dick following it up now. I think we probably uh, should have had you go first. I know. I just. I mean, the, I, yeah. I, no matter what, it was going to be a hard transition yeah. out of it. Yeah. Um. My toast is Allie Funstrom for breaking the Boston Pride's uh, undefeated streak on Saturday night at um, in Minnesota. Uh, the last minute of the game was probably the craziest minute of hockey I've ever seen in my life. Julian mm-hmm. um, uh, Demp, they pulled uh, Pride pulled their goalie with like ninety seconds left, a little under that. Uh, Jillian Dempsey did what a captain should do and scored to tie the game at 19.03. And then Allie Thumstrom said, F that. <laughs> and Whitecaps won the face-off, the ensuing face-off. And she did what Allie Thumstrom does and took the puck and skated around and passed everybody and sniped one uh, into the top left corner. If we're looking at it, it's the top. That's what you say, right? The top left corner, based on how you look at it. I never yes. know, so I yes. never know how to talk about it. It's how the shooter sees it, not how the goalie sees it. Uh, okay, so yeah, so then the top left corner, just a straight snipe. She's definitely scored on Lovisa there before. Um, mm-hmm. On the clock, it was seven seconds after Jillian scored, <laughs> uh, which ended up being the game-winning goal because the Pride were unable to come back and score again. Uh, so. Cuckoo, cuckoo. I think if the pride were going to get taken down, it was going to have to be some kind of crazy finish like that, just because yeah. of how good they've been. But the fact that it only took Thunstrom seven seconds to score after they tied it was like, I literally lost my shit. <laughs> like it was wild. Like, and trio was sold out, and there was like a couple thousand watching on Twitch. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Pride did come back on Sunday and win four to two to clinch first place in the NWHL playoffs. But also, I guess the Whitecaps clinched second place the day on Saturday. Mm. So we at least have our top two. We have our two semifinal locations in the NHL in the, in the NWHL playoffs. But we aren't all five teams making it again. Are they doing yes. it the same as in years past? Okay. Yeah, the playoffs will be the same, but um. 4v5 will play off at 4. 
winner of that will travel to Boston, and then three will travel to Minnesota. Okay. So we now know where the, the first rounds of the playoffs will be, Boston yes. and Minnesota. And any two points by the Buttes locks the whale into third, into fifth place. Really? Okay. Yeah, the whale are going to need a really epic comeback to not be last. Yeah, Although- it's mathematically impossible for them um, to not come in last at this point. They play, I threw away my note sheet from when I was doing the playoff thing, which was pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> they have like a pretty tough schedule left. I think they have two against the Whitecaps and two against, uh, two against the Whitecaps and two against the Pride. Oh, Jesus. Um, and pretty much all of them are on the road because... They play in Boston, and then they play the um, – they're technically the home team, for the, but they're at Bridgeport for the AHL doubleheader. I keep forgetting about that. Ooh. And then they travel to Minnesota. Mm. So that's a rough schedule. Yeah. Um, but Connecticut's been the team that's been the bo- most closest to beating the Pride, other than Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I think – even if they do finish in last place, that four versus five play-in game is going to be a fun one to watch, whether it's the Riveters or the Buttes that they play. Uh, it'll be especially interesting if the Riveters are four because the Whales' only two wins this season, which one of them was this weekend, have come against the Riveters. The Whales' two wins have come against yeah. the Riveters? Mm. Including an eight-round shootout on Saturday. Also bonkers. Also yeah. just absolutely wild. Yeah, so that'll be good. Um, so cheers to Allie Thenstrom for yeah. snapping the Pride's, was it an 18-game win streak? 19. 19. I think. I say that with so much. <laughs> so now I just realized. Yeah, they were 19-1, and one, and now they're 20-1. and one. Mm. So cheers to Allie. Um, this week we are going to kind of recap the... Um, the NHL All-Star Game, but specifically the USA and Canadian players, women's players who went and played three-on-three, and then Hillary Knight and Rayfully Poulin competed in the new Shooting Stars event. Um, really? You don't want me to talk all about the NHL contests that I had no idea who anybody was? The NHL what? Well, you said, we're going to talk about the NHL All-Star skills, specifically, and I was like, so I was making a joke. You don't want oh. me to talk about all the other competitions where I had no idea who anybody was. I was going to say, honest to God, I could not tell you a single thing about the NHL All-Star Game. Uh-huh. I, uh, the only re- I watched the three-on-three, and I skipped around the Shooting Stars events to just watch Hillary and Marie Philippe. I watched almost the entire thing. Mm. Um, only because I was tweeting for the Ice Garden and had wanted to know when it was on. Mm. And you just kind of had to like sit there and wait kind of thing. I didn't have cable, but they did post Mm -hmm. the skills competition, like the whole broadcast after the fact. So I was able to just kind of skip around to specific Uh, portions of the broadcast, which was nice because I didn't have to watch anything else. uh, I I mean, okay. We'll talk about one of the other, two of the other competitions really fast in brief. One, you might not have seen it if you were skipping around, but the accuracy contest was a digital board this year. I did see some people yelling on Twitter about this because didn't a guy break one? Well, yeah, one broke. One <laughs> of the panes broke, which I thought was really funny. But I thought it was cool because, like, it meant it, it did save time, except for, you know, the point where it broke. Mm-hmm. Um, it did save some time because they didn't have to, like, reset the targets every time. Mm. And there was no, like, did he hit it or did he not? Yeah. You know, it, like, just sensed it. And it was cool because, like, the targets were personalized to them, too. It had, like, their numbers and their names. I thought that was cool, at least. Okay. Um, and then we talked about this. But the fact that they don't wear helmets in the <sighs> fastest skater stresses me out. I just can't. I literally cannot comprehend how the NHL is like, yeah, we're going to take some of our top performing guys and put them in a dangerous event with no head protection on. Like, yeah. That boggles my mind. Also, that no player would be like, can I wear a helmet just in case? Like, I don't know if it makes them less aerodynamic or whatever, but Jesus, put put a helmet on. 
Yeah, I, I just don't understand why helmet, but no, uh, no, uh, bleh, stick, but no helmet. Like, I don't know. I did see something about the guy who, um, Barzil, this is the one thing I know. Barzil beat McDavid in Fastest Skater, and they have to break, like, a laser across the finish line. And they said that he lifted his stick up to, like, mid the waist height where the laser was and broke it before he, like, strode across the line, which, like, gave him maybe a little bit of an extra edge. And I think you'd also mentioned earlier that maybe it's for balance, but, like... These are professional athletes. If you can't skate without a stick... (laughs) think we have a problem also just please give them helmets like this yeah. is, this is not hard the, just put a helmet on like the ahl has guys wear helmets the nwhl has their players wear helmets like this is not a difficult hard. decision no i said that on twitter and someone was like so the lettuce can flow like as a joke <laughs> which i think it's a funny thing to turn the whole like Women should wear she, um, half shields or half visors or whatever they call it so we can see their faces. It's really funny to turn that around and be like, well, it's so we can see the lettuce flow <laughs> on the mat. Uh, unrelated, but we have uh, an executive – well, semi-related. We have an executive game at the AHL All-Star where, like, players – or not players, executives from all the, the staff that are there can play. We had one guy from our Hall of Fame – who was inducted. He's an older guy. I can't remember who it was. Fatoric, maybe. I don't remember his first name. But he's he played in way, like, way back when, before, like, goalie helmets and everything. So when he came out, he had a jersey, no pads, no shin guards, no wrist guards, no helmet, and skates. And he just played like that. He just skated and just around. Pants. Like, and yeah, and just regular pants. And just skated around like it was an open an open skate. I'm stressed. I, I was like... Please don't. What if you fall? <laughs> but he was he was chill about it. Nothing happened. But it was it was everyone was laughing about it because it's like, of course he's not gonna put on pads or helmet or whatever. That stresses me out. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about the three on three first, or do we want to talk about the shooting stars game first? Um, I guess let's shoot shooting stars first. Okay, just because it's probably faster. So both of these events happened during the NHL skills competition, um, but at different points. The three, or the Shooting Stars, was the last event of the evening. Um, And if you didn't watch or don't know, it's a new event that the NHL did this year where they had players shoot from like a little roped-off balcony area on the first concourse level over the crowd. They took down the netting, and they were trying to hit targets they had a variety of different like point values on the ice. Um, and in the middle of the ice, they stuck a big arch because they were in St. Louis. And that was the the 10 point target, the most amount of points you could get. It took me so long to understand that it was an arch because of St. Louis. <laughs> I just, I, I was like, Michelle. why is that so weird? And then I realized that it Michelle. was, I know. Uh, um, I know. And each player had uh, seven shots to to try and rack up as many points as they could. I thought this was going to be a lot more fun than it actually was, to be honest. I was a little underwhelmed. I was definitely underwhelmed. I think it was because all of the other targets besides the 10 were so hard to hit mm-hmm. that the players were just saucing them for the 10. And just, like, it just stopped being fun when they did that. Yeah. I, I just, like, I, I felt bad for the first guy at one because clearly none of them had any idea what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And he had to, like, test drive it, basically. Yeah. And so, I mean, he still got, like, 14. But still, like, once he figured out how to hit the 10-pointer, like, I feel like everyone just copied him from then on out. Because they're shooting from so far that, like, the odds of you hitting a target are already slim. So why would you waste your time aiming for targets of lesser value that weren't any bigger, by the way? Like, it was still basically the same kind of space that you were shooting at for, like, two and four and five point targets. Like, of course you're going to go for the ten. I was, yeah, I thought it was going to be a lot funner. Maybe it was better in person. Mm. I feel like it might have been one of those things that, like, didn't really translate to television well. Because, like... 
and I can't remember if we talked about this in a show in the past, but like Dude Bro or Dude Perfect yeah, um, has done something like this before where they try and do like long shots for a variety of different sports like basketballs or hockey and stuff. And it was, it's fun when it when all you're watching is the one take where they get it. But I think watching players take seven shots and it just it, – it was a skill that was kind of hard to translate because they missed more than they made it. Yeah. And it just didn't really seem like the players were having a good time. I think maybe if there was maybe one target that they had to hit instead of, yeah. like, ten. There were a lot of targets out there. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I was I was excited about it because, like, new type of – I like fun hockey. Yeah. Like, it's a new thing. But I don't think it translated as well as they wanted it to. Um, mm-hmm. What I would have loved to see – so apparently there was, like, a save contest. I don't know. I got bored about, like, halfway through the All-Star game or All-Star skills and, like, turned the volume off. But, like, the the thing that went the longest seemed to be this, like, save competition, mm-hmm. which, like, whatever. That was pretty boring. <laughs> but what I would have loved to see them do is um, what the NWHL does is the trick shot breakaway contest. Mm-hmm. They used and then, to do that. Have fans vote on the team whose trick shots were the best. That's always fun because then it lets the players be creative, right? Yeah. Like you go out and you just do like, um, oh, one of the guys had a a Justin Bieber mask that he pulled out. And that was the thing that went viral. That was the most terrifying mask too. Yes, it was. Um, I think also this like trick shot thing would be fun as a relay because it was kind of hard or, uh, yeah, like a relay head-to-head thing where you have two players going at the same time and the first mm. person to hit a target, like, wins or then hands it off to another player on their team. Um, yeah. and, and then maybe you have to hit a variety of different shots because it makes it go faster and it makes it a little bit more energetic. Energetic, yes. Yeah, because it was just like the players were just like, okay, here I go, I guess. Yeah, it Good first attempt, guys. Yes. I'm happy that they tried it. I'm happy that they were like, let's try and do something new and fun. But now they'll have a year to improve it if they bring it back. I liked how they made them walk through the stands to get up there. Yeah, it was very interesting. That part was funny. Yeah. Um, Um, Notable was that the boys were all wearing sneakers and... Uh, Marie Philippe and Hillary Knight did not get the same message apparently, <laughs> and were wearing like loafers or like fancy shoes. Mm-hmm. So, Hillary looked like she was trying to channel Dorothy and escape Oz. <laughs> I didn't hear Dorothy. I heard Dorothy, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" But yes, oh. her shoes were bedazzled to everything. They were straight up sparkle. Yes. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but not my first choice, and I'm going to go shoot pucks from anywhere. Also, I didn't really think it would be Hillary's style. I was a little surprised. I was like, of the, all the players who came here, I I wouldn't have picked Knight to have the bedazzled shoes. If they were, I would have expected them to be silver or gold. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, they were silver. <sighs> they looked great. They were good shoes. They did. I just, yes, it was very impressive that they wore those. Um, Marie Philippe uh, finished with 15 points and Knight finished with 14 points. They both hit the 10 point target and then. Though Knight hit hers on her last shot and looked extremely relieved. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, oh, thank God. I did it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, She she seemed to struggle. She, she, say that five times fast. She seemed to struggle. Yes. Um, Yeah, she did. Yeah. So overall. Not the best event, but it was nice to see the women involved in one of the skills competition. Although, I don't know. It was kind of a throwaway one, I thought, mm-hmm. for them to be involved in. Like, it was like, oh, you know, nobody's been able to practice this. So if they beat our guys, then we can't. No one can complain. Yeah. Yeah, I think you said that last episode where, like, putting them in this is such a low pro, a low risk situation. Because yes. it's, like, kind of a joke already. Mm-hmm. Um, that like why it didn't really matter mm-hmm. what I would have loved is if one of them had won mm. and they got the 30k 30 Prize uh, money. what did I say 30k yeah. yeah I wonder what they would have done for that they'd have to give it to them I think I mean 
feel like the public outcry would have been oh, enormous. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, speaking of prize money, do you want to kind of segue into the three-on-three? Sure. Um, we don't have to talk about the money right off the bat, but, um, Canada ended up winning two to one. Um, Rebecca Did that surprise you? How low it was? Yes. Although, it surprised me, it did surprise me, but then I thought about how the, so like the, the U18 went three-on-three overtime in the gold medal game between U.S. and Canada, and it took them, like, 18 minutes to score a goal. Yeah. It's not... It's a format that's in the NHL. The players play it a lot, so I think they're more used to it and practice it more, whereas on the international side, there isn't ever an instance where they play three-on-three. It's either four-on-four or a shootout, so there isn't a reason for players to practice it. Um, So, I guess thinking of that, and also, like, I think... When an NHL or an AHL has an all-star game, it's more like the guys are just having fun and, like, not really playing hard. Mm. What surprised me the most was how, like, this was, like, a USA-Canada game. They were playing defense. Like, they had all this wide open ice, but they were, like, stuck like glue to whoever they were guarding. It was still very much felt like I had that rivalry kind of energy to it. They were taking it very seriously. Well, I think they had to. We talked about this last time, too, is that they had to come out and put on a real show. Mm -hmm. They can't come out and, like, fuck around. I will say this. I think the score was that low because Anne Renee Debian played out of her goddamn mind. Anne Renee was like, this is my gold medal. Jeez, (laughs) this is my time to shine. It was incredible. Uh, As a U.S. fan, it made me very upset because I was like, come on, Anne Renee. Lights out. Yeah, she was incredible. I think, I mean, not to discredit Anne Renee, but I just figured more space and less prep time was going to give, like, the offense more of an advantage. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. Because, like, you're already used to playing with three forwards or, th- like, pushing with three. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just kind of figured it'd be – I was surprised when it was – three goals were scored and that was all yeah i was a little disappointed too because i did want like the high it made me wish that there was like a shootout at the end or something you know like i wanted to see the breakaways and there weren't as many as those as i thought there would be yeah i also think that um the 10 minute running clock didn't really help no because you couldn't really like do anything like they I felt like they were just pushing and pushing and pushing and like not really setting up anything yeah um just because like you take too long to rush up the ice and suddenly your game's over I mean I think they did want to keep things moving so that that the running clock did kind of make it like most the goalies didn't cover every puck they'd sometimes try and play it quick um yeah, I don't. I think it was less of a because the offense was on display. There were a lot of good opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think the the goalies were very good, and the defense was helping out more than I think you would expect in a in a NHL three on three style. Um, which broadcast did you get? Who did you get? Um, calling your game? Did got, you have Cassie or did you have AJ? AJ. Okay, because AJ said something. That's what I had too. Adrian had said something really interesting in that um, uh, when Melody Dao scored the game-winning, or what would eventually be the game-winning goal, Canada's second goal, mm-hmm. uh, is that there were three forwards on the ice. For and that's one of the biggest, uh, or for the U.S. Mm. And that's one of the biggest, quote-unquote, downfalls to this three-on-three format is that, like, forwards, not all forwards are great back checkers. Mm-hmm. I think we can all say that. Um and it, it's, like, a whole new system to learn how to play to, like, be a, like, to do that, I guess. To just, like, skate backwards. Like, defenders we'll are, are way more used to doing that than forwards are. But just figure out how to play it. And then, like, I think as she was saying that, like, Melody Doe came down <laughs> and scored. As Alex Carpenter just looked, like, wildly confused as to where to go as the last man back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just... It was interesting. Mm-hmm. I liked it less than I thought I would. And I that surprised me a lot. Yeah. 
the running I for me I could I couldn't put my finger on what was weird and I think it was the running clock mm-hmm. I think that threw the flow of the game off so much because like like I said they were just constantly trying to like enter their zone and like push play and like they didn't really they couldn't really get much set up so okay so you're because I liked that the running clock kind of sped things up, but your issue with it is that they weren't able to really set up any plays. They were just constantly trying to get the puck on net. Yeah. That makes sense. And, like, not even, like, set up plays, but just, like, get everybody there and in a spot where, like, they can really do something as a team. And it's not just, like, 1v1, 2v1, 1v2 kind of thing. It was just, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Something else that they didn't do that I thought was kind of a missed opportunity, at least on the broadcast that I watched, like, mic a couple players up, have a benchside reporter, like, go on the bench and talk to Jana Heppert and Cammie Granato while they're coaching. Like, get us a little bit Only more Only in into- 20 minutes. Well, yeah, but that's time to do at least one interview. And, like, maybe later in the in the skills competition, they're like, oh, this was a, like, on the air mic'd up so-and-so or you post it on social the day after the fact like yeah give us more I opportunities mean, that get... would require the nhl to care about those things um yeah yes, i will was. say kendall was mic'd up during in uh during mm. warm-ups yes, she and was. did an interview while skating around and passing the puck mm-hmm. which was incredible because i get winded walking down the block um that was a joke i don't i, I promise yes I'm okay, <laughs> okay. Well, and the fact that she was able to, like, stick handle and talk at the same time coherently was impressive. Yeah. I can't even walk and talk sometimes, and no. that's not a joke. No. Um, the, and they did try to throw it to Monique between the benches at one point, but I don't think she could hear them. Yeah, or wasn't paying attention or something. Because <laughs> there was, like, an awkward silence at one point, and then they realized that, like, Monique wasn't answering, and so they just kind of, like, kept going. They were like, uh, how's the pace down there, Monique? And then it was just like 10 seconds Dead. of silence. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's awkward. Um, but speaking of Monique being on the call, I thought that was kind of cool. That was really neat. And that's, I would have liked to see, I don't know, maybe Monique interview Jocelyn while she's on the bench, like real quick or in between periods. Yeah. Like, they did that before the game. Mm. Um, they had them talk in the locker room, which was pretty funny. Well, not funny. It was like an actual serious interview. Yeah, but um, cool to see them kind of. Yeah, but to see them interact, especially since they are, like, literally identical twins. <laughs> I was like, I don't know which one you are. Uh, I do wonder, I mean, when you bring that up, I wonder if any of, like, if Kendall, excuse me, if Kendall was mic'd up, if we'll ever see any of that content from the game. Oh, yeah. I would hope if she was mic'd up pregame, they kept they kept it after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I guess we'll see. Maybe something else will come out of it. Bye bye. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Sorry. <laughs> no. No, I was, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. There was a reference or something. It was not. I. I don't know. I, you're not the one drinking on on this podcast. I know. My brain has just decided no. Um. Moving on to uh, the financial side of things. So there was a little bit of, I don't know if controversy is the right word, or and I don't think confusion is either, but... Mis- lack of information? Yes. So it was announced that they the women's players were going to get $100,000 donated um, to various charities total, not per player, total. And that was the same amount of money that they gave to floor or not gave donated to charities for the four players last year. So divvied up, each player got twenty five thousand dollars. Whereas this time there were twenty women's players who went, and they still had to divvy up a hundred thousand dollars. And I don't know that they were able to choose what money or what charities that money went to because last year, um, if you've listened to Brianna Decker's Beyond the Boards interview with us, that's what she did with her money was she made a, a endowment with USA Hockey to help a women's uh, team in the area where she's from girls um, hockey yeah girls hockey yeah um like under eight or under 11 um and so this year like you can't really do- like divvy that up 20 ways um well i guess you could but it's not a lot of money that's getting donated if you do so 
People were a little upset, firstly, that they weren't getting paid. And then an NHL spokesman clarified and said that the players were getting appear- an appearance fee. So they were getting paid to play in, in that way. But not, but not prize money like the NHL players get. Michelle, you mentioned... An NHL spokesperson did not report that first. Gabs reported that first. And then the NHL started reaching out to people. Mm. I'm not saying that Gabs caused the NHL to report or like to reach out to other reporters like from the athletic who were saying that but gabs was the first one to report that the players would be paid that is my bad gabs was the one who who had that first um but like you mentioned earlier michelle players got thirty thousand dollars if they won a skill competition men's players yes. won the thirty thousand dollars yeah we we talked i think was it before we were recording that we were talking about what would have happened if Hillary or Marie Philippe would have won the shooting stars. No, that was No, I think that was I can't well, remember if we were recording or not. I don't know. <laughs> but, but but like if they would have won, I'm assuming they would have gotten the thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Um for me, like the thing that gets me, I guess, is that like their appearance fees. Okay, so a little bit of backstory or behind the scenes hannah and i originally had talked about this last week um in our preview episode but the day i was editing it we found out that they would be paid so i had to cut out an entire segment mm-hmm. um i think i told you that hannah you did you know, like, <laughs> um, so i don't know why i was talking about that part oh the appearance fees versus prize money um and in that segment that you didn't hear I don't know if you remember this, Hannah, but I had brought up um, the newly negotiated USA hockey contract mm-hmm. and how that played into it, um, which when I found out when, when, when it was found out that they were being paid appearance fees versus, you know, bonuses or prize money or like anything, I kind of just went, my mind went back to that boycott, nego- boycott negotiations and this new contract they have. Um, where I'm sure that's how this was brought into it, you know? That appearance fees were something that was negotiated in the... Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it's still annoying that they didn't get prize money or, like, extra money or bonus money because, like, the NHL players have to get, like, isn't bonus money for making the all-star team like builds into their contracts? I think, I think you have to have it built into a contract. I don't know if it's in everybody's contract, but I know that there are different like bonuses that players can get if they hit certain milestones. And so I would assume making an an NHL all-star game or winning the NHL all-star game is a way for them to make more money. And even and regardless of whether they have bonuses or not, the NHL gives the winning team a million dollars, which if you divide that by the 11 players on each team, that's over ninety thousand um, dollars. It's ninety thousand nine hundred and nine, according to what you wrote on the spread on the sheet. Yes, it is. If we're going to get real specific, um, which is almost as much as was donated to charities for the women's players. And granted, we don't know what their appearance fees are, and I would assume they probably vary depending on the player. Like I'm guessing Hillary Knight and Marie Philippe Poulin might have a higher price tag than. Blair Turnbull or a lesser known player. Especially since I think uh, Hillary did like the NHL contest, uh, the like video game contest mm. thing. And like, I'm sure they had to have a higher appearance fee for doing the shooting stars thing. I don't know if they would though, because they're already there. It's the same event. I get, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Part I of me says, Money per event or money per thing done, but I don't know how appearance fees work. Yeah, do you just buy them for the entire? I don't know. I don't two know. hours. I don't know how they work either. But yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to have them at least have prize money, like at least incentivize. Which I don't know that they needed an incentive to play hard because the fact that they were at the NHL All Star Game playing a three on three was like it's. They're going to play hard no matter what. Right. Yeah. But, but like having some sort of money on the line, similarly to how the men had money on the line too. And it just, and it gives them kind of like a respect, like this is a prize money that we are going to award to you 
Like, if you're going to give a million dollars to the men for playing in an All-Star game and you invite 20 of the best player, women's players in the game, like, you should offer them that, too. Like, I get that they're not employees of the NHL, um, and so, like, paying them as an employee doesn't necessarily make sense, but I do There's think... There's gotta be something. Like, prize money is not a hard thing to do. Especially if it comes from, like, a sponsor. Like, there's got to be a way to get around that. Mm-hmm. Sponsored um, by Gatorade. The The Shooting Stars was sponsored by Gatorade. Like, tell one of your sponsors, hey. The 3-on-3 three three was sponsored by Adidas. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is maybe cynical, but, like, it's a good PR move. Like, um, last year when Brianna Decker um, went viral for, like, apparently winning the, um, not accuracy relay, the puck movement relay. Premier passing. Premier passing. How did I forget that? Um, it was um, CCM, I think, that stepped up and paid the $25,000 that she would have won. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for it now, but the NHL tweets so fucking much. It's absurd. There was, like, a bunch of people were like, or a bunch of companies were like, we're going to give this much money in donations for X, Y, and Z. I'm just trying to find, I think the NHL tweeted about it. We raised X amount of money for women's hockey doing some because of thanks to so-and-so. I'm never going to be able to find it. Did you see the pictures from the red carpet? I did. Oh, I should have done that for a toast. Um, Sarah Nurse, Natalie Spooner, and Renata Fast? Didn't know. Were they your best dressed? Three of them wore Beyonce's clothing line. Yeah. It was definitely Sarah and Renata. I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was Natalie who was the third. Sarah Nurse, easily best dressed. Like, I... Incredible. It was so good. If you have not seen... Google those photos. Mm, Rebecca Johnston. That's the third yes. one. Yes. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to find this. I'll find it as soon as we stop. Um, I can't find it. A lot of people donated money. Okay. It's going to bother me now. I'll find it eventually. One day. It'll pop back up in my timeline and I'll be like, that's the tweet I was looking for on <laughs> Top Show six months ago. Um, but yeah, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Should we talk about the actual game itself? Did we we talk- did, didn't we? We talked about Anne Renee Davian. Yeah, we did. Yeah. How they didn't score a whole lot. Decker played, which was great, because that's the first time she's played since she's been uh, injured for mm-hmm. a while. Um, so it was good to see her back out there. It was very good to see her back out there. Um, excuse me, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'll be... I'll be interested to see how much... Excuse me. I'll be interested to see how much Decker plays in um, any of the Dream Gap mm. stuff that any of the Dream Gap tours, either of the two that she might be in before Worlds, just because if she's still rehabbing a little bit. Um, I would think that she wouldn't have played in the NHL's All-Star game if she was still not mm. 100%. I don't think it would have been hard to find another like big-name women's player uh, to take her uh, place. After last year, if she wasn't as involved in it last year, mm. I would say so. But I think that because of last year, even if she just went out and took like a few shifts, like it was important for her to be there again. You know what I mean? That's fair. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like I would have to go back and rewatch it to see like how many shifts she took. But like I wouldn't be surprised if she took it easy or was like just doing her own rehab stuff before Worlds um, so as not to re-injure aggravate whatever it was that was hurt yeah but it was good to see her like at least back out there and like doing hockey things the timing is also pretty convenient as well because like the second part of the usa canada rivalry series um Mm -hmm. thing is happening pretty quickly in february so we're gonna see these two teams on monday yeah with like almost immediately yeah, happy. so we'll see them. And I, one of the games sold out. I think Monday's game sold out. 
already. Nice. Today, on Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> I don't know what day of the week it is, man. It's going to be a long time before I know what day of the week it is. Um, I think Wednesday. Oh, sorry. Wow. We're I'm both, really tired. We're both a little tired. <laughs> um, anything else that you wanted to touch on? Uh, well, I guess the jerseys. They wore, like, Ugh. different colored NHL branded jerseys. They, which were, like, they were bad. There was an opportunity yeah. to make a really cool jersey, and they just did it. And I was like, yeah. why, why, why? Where they're going to get something different and unique. No, they're just getting the NHL jerseys. It was the same bad jerseys the NHL did. And <laughs> with the same, got, like, with the NHL shield on it. Yeah, not even anything cool. And like, I, just, I didn't love the three-on-three logo, the, like, branding on that. But, like, neither. stick that on the jersey. That would have been better than the NHL's, in my opinion. Yeah. And I just, I still don't understand why they didn't wear their USA and Canada jerseys. I don't know if yeah. there was, like, some licensing thing or, like, whatever, I don't know, broadcast they Maybe were that on. was it. I wonder if you have to pay differently based on, like, to be able to, like, broadcast Team USA and Hockey Canada stuff. I don't know. I would think I would think that's probably there's probably some like legal jargon as to why they couldn't wear them. But I was like, I was really hoping for like a good jersey, and I should have known that if the NHL was designing it for an All Star event, it was going to be a bad jersey. <laughs> yeah, bad jersey. Yeah. Womp womp. I think that was all. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, where can we find you on Twitter? At Michelle underscore J-A-Y-3. Where can we find you on Twitter, Hannah? You can find me on Twitter at Hannah underscore Beavis1, B-E-V-I-S. Um, if you have mailbag questions for Michelle and I, you can tweet them at us using the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag, and we might answer them on a future episode. Um, please rate and review us. Uh, if you listen on iTunes, it's an easy way to help boost the profile of the show. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, we have a new show in the Ice Garden podcast feed called Beyond the Boards. That's where Michelle and I talk to different people in the women's hockey sphere about their lives outside of playing hockey. Um, Michelle talked to who last week? Carolyn Pilch, the Boston Prize GM and the former uh, director of hockey operations for the Boston University women's hockey team. It was very cool. And I talked to Carolyn Prevo about being a CrossFit athlete in addition to being a hockey player. Um, so that's in the feed that's down here. They're really short, 15 minutes, and very good listen, if I do say so ourselves. <laughs> we're good. We're Yeah, we're great. We're not biased at all. No. Uh, but thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. That was our that was our outro. That little jingle at the end. Oh, do, do, do. it was like an explosion, is what I thought of. But mm. I, instead of the ice skates, I was like, "That why?" Yeah, my skate was a little exploding, sounding. Do, do, do. Do. Still a little exploding, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's, I think it's going to be hard to make a skate stop with your mouth sound. Yeah, it just sounds like <laughs> it sounds explosion. like a laser. <laughs> choo 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 choo. Uh huh.